I'm Lisa Mullins, and this is The World. Today is March 1st, and here in North America, that means spring is not too far away. But in parts of Eastern Asia, this time of year is when people are preparing for something a lot less pleasant. Spring is peak season for dust storms in places such as eastern China, Korea, and Japan. The noxious yellow clouds bring with them all sorts of health and economic problems, and they're a tough problem to get a handle on, especially because the storms originate hundreds of miles away. Now, some Koreans are trying to tamp down the storms by planting trees in Mongolia. The world's Daniel Grossman begins our story in Seoul. Rain pounds the sidewalk of central Seoul on a recent morning. In a cramped office one flight up, Kwon Byung-hyun recalls a storm of a different sort 14 years ago, on the day he first landed in Beijing as South Korea's ambassador to China. The first thing which met with me was the thick yellow sandstorm. The storm blotted out the sun. The next day, Kwan got a call from his daughter back in Seoul. Daddy, Seoul is covered with terrible dust storm. I can't stand. A cloud of talc-like particles had also blanketed Seoul, coating cars and houses and trees in butter-yellow powder. It wasn't the first time and it wouldn't be the last. Intense dust storms have blown across Korea throughout recorded history, but their frequency and intensity have increased in recent decades. And when they come, the noxious dust exacerbates asthma and sends people with heart problems to the hospital. It seeps into machinery, forcing factories to shut and grounding airplanes. Kwan says that call from his daughter changed something for him. That was the start the start of a crusade to combat the yellow clouds at their source in the Gobi Desert. 1,300 miles northwest of Seoul, a cool wind blows across an undulating Mongolian plain and batters the cloth walls of a yurt. Inside, a nomadic livestock herder named Tursehan Sulan sits on the rugged floor, talking with visitors about the changing conditions for traditional families like his. In the past, animal husbandry uh, was easy. They had good condition. Now the condition was changed. The arid region known as the Gobi Desert has never been an easy place for nomads like Sulan to scratch out a living. But in recent decades, raising livestock here has become even more difficult. Temperatures have shot up dramatically. The already spartan grasslands have become drier. Watering holes have evaporated. Meanwhile, scientists say that nomads like these own too many camels, sheep and goats, and that the oversized herds are destroying the plain. These growing difficulties are directly related to the dust storms that plague Korea. And that's where Korean activist Dunkhyun Park comes in. Not far from Tursehan Sulan's yurt, Park digs up some powdery yellow dirt and sifts it through his fingers. It's not really sand, very small, fine particles. And that's what the harsh Mongolian winds pick up and carry first to nearby villages and then miles up into the jet stream eventually choking cities hundreds and even thousands of miles away. For more than a decade, 
Park has worked to prevent these dust storms, sometimes alongside Kwon Byung-hyun, the former Korean ambassador to China. To Park, the best strategy is to try to keep the soil from leaving Mongolia in the first place. So he and a Mongolian colleague started planting trees. This is a native species in this region, right? Yes, yes. Native species of Gobi region in Mongolia. That's Park and his colleague Jamsran Sagbater, a forestry scientist and an official at the Mongolian Academy of Sciences. In 2006, Park raised money in Korea to plant living windbreaks here in Mongolia's southern Gobi, near China. At the time, Park was head of the Northeast Asia Forest Forum, and he and Sagbatar wanted to prove that they could grow a forest in this unforgiving region. One experimental plantation is outside the town of Bulgan. It runs about a half mile long by a hundred yards wide. Sagbatar has kept an eye on it since he and Park planted the saplings five years ago, but this is Park's first visit, and he's pleased with what he sees. Nothing was here. 2006. There's no leaves, but now the green leaves coming out, and I can see the changes here. Salt cedars now reach to Park's waist. Slender Siberian elm branches wave just above his head. To a radio producer from Verdant, New England, the trees look pitifully small and fragile. But Park says they'll soon grow to about 16 feet high, and their canopies will weave an umbrella of dappled shade. Already other plants have sprouted from the moist soil beneath. The yellow flowers there here and here the white one, all different colors of the, in this small nursery. Park says this new ground cover will hold the soil in place. And Sagbater says even now the trees are starting to catch dust from the air. You can see this kind of accumulation of sand. This tree makes some, how to say, shelter. Ultimately, Sagbatar and Park hope the forest shelter will become big enough to catch a lot of windborne dust before it reaches nearby Bulgan. You know, their life is very much miserable. So now maybe we can reduce that impact so people live comfortably. Of course, Bulgan is only one small town. Most Gobi communities have no windbreaks and no plans to plant them. But Park says he and his partner have planted something more important, an idea. Ignite a small fire in the people's mind. Okay, see, you can do it. And later, Mongolian government and other big organizations. And the idea seems to be taking root. There's high-level government talk of reforesting denuded areas. And a huge new nursery for native tree species has opened in Mongolia's capital. Park says if the idea really germinates and more windbreaks sprout up, the benefits will reach all the way back to his home in Korea. From the yellow gobi to the green, green, green gobi. Of course, this isn't certain to happen. Among other things, Park and Sagbata realize that global warming might overwhelm their efforts. Average summer temperatures in Mongolia are projected to rise as much as 11 degrees Fahrenheit by mid-century, and that could dry out the Gobi even more and kill the native elms and cedars in which the two have invested so much hope. But the Korean and Mongolian tree planters say they can't let that prospect stop them from doing what they can. 
while hoping the rest of the world tackles the bigger problem. For The World, I'm Daniel Grossman, Bulgan, Mongolia. Daniel's story was produced with help from the Whole Systems Foundation and the Fund for Investigative Journalism. We've got a slideshow from Mongolia, plus a fascinating little video showing how efficiently nomads built a yurt and take it down. The time-lapse video is at theworld.org.